have some fun. Yes, I'm back in the driver's seat. Have no fear. Well, maybe the whole have no fear thing. Maybe, maybe we should have a little. Did you hear what the president of the United States just said? Not that I was shocked, but did you hear what Joe Biden just said? And he just said it. So I might as well play it for you because you probably haven't heard yet. Here's our president. Why not um, push for vaccine mandates in states, private companies, schools? Do you want to see those entities pass vaccine mandates? Well, I, I'd like to see them continue to move in that direction. And that's why I'm, I pointed out. I had asked the Justice Department to determine whether that is they're able to do that legally. And they can. Local communities w- can do that. What? We're, we're looking into federal mandates now? Look, let's set aside coronavirus for a second. And by the way, we have Catalina Lauf coming up halfway through the second hour. She's running against Adam Kinzinger tonight. We have another race hoax, which actually I'm going to get to in a second. I was going to lead the show with it, but we have another race hoax. And we'll talk about why that happens. As you can tell, I'm a bit full of pep tonight. I don't like taking a day off, so I love going after it. We got to ask Dr. Jesse coming tomorrow. I might even give out the phone number tomorrow for Ask Dr. Jesse, but hang on, hang on first. Let's set aside vaccines, because I think that probably clouds the issue at this point in time. Set aside coronavirus. Set aside all this. What you've seen in just the last 24 to 48 hours is the mayor of New York, that's America's most important city, the mayor of New York City saying the voluntary phase is over. And now you've seen the president of the United States of America saying he's asking the DOJ to look into whether or not they can mandate this from the federal government. Why not um, push for vaccine mandates in states, private companies, schools? Do you want to see those entities pass vaccine mandates? Well, I'd like to see them continue to move in that direction. And that's why I'm, I'm... pointed out. I had asked the Justice Department to determine whether that is they're able to do that legally. And they can. Local communities can do that. I asked the Justice Department whether... All right. Like I said, set aside va- vaccines and coronavirus for just a moment. The President of the United States is trying, not, not just wondering, trying to see if he can make you do something. The mayor of America's most important city says, volunteer, (laughs) volunteer. Oh, you could have volunteered yesterday. Now it's time you get made to do it. Let's have a very uncomfortable talk that will undoubtedly get the phones ringing at iHeart once again. Sorry, boss. Have these people gotten way too comfortable with how they speak to us? I mean, you are a free citizen. You're an American. That means something. You're a free citizen. This is the land of the free. And no, that's not just uh, you know a catchy, a catchy part of the song. That means in this country, the federal government has a few things they're allowed to do, and they're not allowed to do anything else. They are called servants of the people. They are supposed to work for us, all that, yada, yada, yada. I'm getting a lot of threats aimed my way from people who are supposedly my servants. I'm getting a lot of orders 
I'm getting a lot of threats. When did these people become comfortable speaking to us like this? When did they become comfortable issuing threats to the American people? Issuing orders to the American people. When did this happen in this country? I remember, I marveled at it last year when the lockdowns first started. And they just started telling people, go home. Mandate. I think California was the first one to do it. Issued a statewide order. I may have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure he did. Statewide emergency order. I am ordering everybody, go home. Close your business. And I remember I freaked back then. Freaked. I said, uh, these people do not have this authority. You don't, even if you think they're right, even if you think they're right, they don't have the authority to do that. We do not have a monarchy here in America. We do not have a dictatorship here in America. We have a representative republic. That's what America is. We're not a democracy either. My word, learn the difference. Stop calling it a democracy. We have a representative republic here. Why do mayors, governors, and presidents feel so comfortable talking down to us? Why? When did this happen? Is this on us or is this on them? I don't know. It's probably a mix of the two. The president of the United States of America should fear getting impeached when he speaks about this. And he definitely should fear his reelection chances. You should be afraid as a politician to issue orders and threats to the American people. You should feel like your job is about gone and you might end up in prison. You should be afraid to talk like that. You can't talk like this to us. Who the heck do you think you are? We're looking at mandating it? Look, I'll be frank with you. There's a lot I love about my life. I mean, as it currently stands, of course, I've screwed a bunch of stuff up. But as it currently stands, it's going fine. Kids are getting up, getting up there in the ears. They're going to be pretty polite, it turns out. Maybe they avoided meth and all that, so that's good. The wife's still around. It's 15th wedding anniversary today. Career's going fine. Just fell backwards in all this. It's fine. We're going to have an issue if you come try to mandate a vaccine to me. We're going to have a real issue. I don't know who exactly you think you're sending to my house to mandate that I get a vaccine, but you better be real, real careful with that kind of stuff. You don't get to do that to people. And that's me. I'm a sane, well-adjusted human being. Are you going to show Okay, maybe not that well-adjusted, Chris. I understand, but you're really going to show up at my home and tell me to bring my sons down so you can give them a vaccine? Is That's, a, that's the authority the President of the United States of America is seeking out currently. You just heard him say it. What? I asked the Department of Justice to look into it? Why not um, push for vaccine mandates in states, private companies, schools? Do you want to see those entities pass vaccine mandates? Well, I'd like to see them continue to move in that direction. And that's why I pointed out. I had asked the Justice Department to determine whether that is they're able to do that legally. And they can what? And look, okay, let's set me aside here for a moment. 
Who exactly? I want to know. You've, you've traveled this country probably some. Most people have done a bunch of travel. You've traveled this country some. I want to know who exactly you think you're going to send to, you know, it's a good state for this. Louisiana is actually a perfect state for this. Wonderful state. I mean, massively corrupt, but still one of my favorite states out there. Who are you sending out to the ever? Who are you sending out to the swamps to mandate they get a vaccine? I want to know the person you're physically sending out there. And don't say something stupid to me like, oh, we'll just send the sheriff. If you say stuff like that, it means you've never been to a rural place in your life. Now, I've lived in rural and I've lived in urban, so I know the difference. You're not sending a rural sheriff out there to give someone a vaccine. He wouldn't go. He would laugh in your face if you told him to go. And if even if he acted like he did go because he felt like he had to, he'd go out there and drink moonshine with a guy and drive, drive back in. He wouldn't go. And he certainly wouldn't show up and say, hey, uh, Bob, I need you to come out. I got to stick this vaccine in you because bullets would be coming back his way. Who are you sending to do this? Have you thought about how this ends? Where this goes from here? Have you thought about it? I'm going to tell you where it goes from here if they continue on this path in just a second. But first and foremost, first of all, um, they just passed, or it looks like they passed the framework of yet another trillion-dollar bill through Congress. We're already $28 trillion in debt. This one isn't paid for. And we already have the Fed chairman talking about inflation not only up now, going to continue going up. The time to call Oxford Gold Group was yesterday. But thankfully, the second best time is right now. Call Oxford Gold Group to make sure you don't lose every dime you've ever earned. I don't want you to do anything radical. I would never tell you to do that, ever. I just want you to diversify a bit. Get some gold, get some silver in your portfolio. And I know these people. They have made a promise that they will take care of my listeners. I ask that of everybody I speak for. 833-995-GOLD. Tell Oxford Gold Group I told you to call. They will take care of you. 833-995-GOLD. Get some gold and silver in your portfolio today. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Rest in peace, by the way. What was his name? Dusty Baker, Chris. The one with the—he was the one with the beard. It's not Dusty Baker. Who is it? Dusty Hill. Sorry, sorry. That was actually an honest mistake. I forgot. I got my names. Dusty Hill was ZZ Top. Just died. Rest in peace, ZZ Top. Here on the Jesse Kelly Show, we we will try to do better next time someone dies. Sometimes I make mistakes. Usually it works out in a way that makes me look like a monster. I swear I'm not that much of a monster. Back to this mandate thing. This is getting really, really bad. Because they're not slowing down. They're not backing off. So what does that mean? Well, here's where I think we go from here. I don't think even the DOJ is going to tell Joe Biden, hey, Joe, yeah, go ahead and mandate it for everyone. Sure, you have that kind of power. I I just don't, I don't believe that for a second. If they go that route, that's a different story. If they go that route, we have a major problem on our hands. What I think we are going to see now is this. We're going to see cases continue to go up. 
It's inevitable. Why are they going to go up? Well, maybe there's a new variant. Maybe there's not. I don't know. But viruses are oftentimes seasonal. This one very clearly is seasonal. Same time we had a big spike last year, they're seeing a spike. They're seeing a spike, and they don't know what to do about it because Joe Biden ran on coronavirus fear the entire time. He ran on it the entire time. Well, if you're the coronavirus president, if you're the one who's insisting, absolutely insisting that you were the one who can solve it and that's what you ran on and it's not getting solved, what are you going to do? Well, what they should do is this. They should just simply talk to the rest of the system and say, stop reporting on cases because you understand all the fear you're seeing out there right now. They're reporting on cases. Oh, cases are up. Cases are up here. Cases are at a a six-month high here. Who cares about cases? Who's being extremely affected by it? The deaths are are at minimum. D.C. just had some big scare headline about all these new cases. You know how many people died? Not one. Not one. So since they're not going to do that, the panic is only going to continue to ramp up because these media companies who are all hurting – I mean, they're all hurting because their ratings suck. They don't have any talent. They're all hurting. So they understand coronavirus brings ratings. It brings eyeballs. Let me write an article here about how all the kids are going to die from coronavirus. And I'll put that in the headline and everybody will click on it, right? Every young mother out there, I don't want Billy to die. What do I have to do? The cable news guys who are boring and don't know how to do a show without Trump, they're going to go back to the coronavirus well. All of them. Well, what that's going to do is it's going to ramp up the fear. That's what they want. They want attention. They want fear. But it's going to do something else. It's going to ramp up a demand for action. Action. If you make people scared, they're going to turn to you and want a solution. I don't get to go home tonight on my 15th wedding anniversary and tell the wife, uh, Honey, whew, I am home You are so lucky to have had me for 15 years. By the way, I'm going to run out and grab some beer. There is a huge, and I mean huge, spider in the closet. I'll be back in a while. It doesn't work like that. You don't get to create fear in people without creating a solution. People are going to want solutions. They're going to start demanding solutions. Okay, you're scaring me. All right, you're scaring me. Delta variant. I'm scared. I'm scared. What are you going to do about it? Here is the problem. The problem is, and this is a hard thing for everyone to accept. It's going to be hard for you to accept, but it's true. The problem is nobody on planet Earth knows what to do about coronavirus. Nobody. No one's ever done anything right. It was a new virus. They didn't know what to do about it. They decided masks were a solution. They're not. They decided standing six feet away from someone was a solution. It's not. Shut down the gyms. Oh, wait, for a virus that actually kills fat people? Maybe that wasn't smart. None of these people know what to do about coronavirus. The problem is they've promised you they do. And last year when all the, quote, experts were presenting solutions, lockdown, social distancing, They swore to you they had a handle on this thing. I will solve it. 
Yes, it's scary. I know I've created fear in you, but I will solve it. Just look, just lock down. Just do what I say. So you've already told the American people, you've cemented a narrative in their mind. Probably not in yours by now, but in most American people, they have a narrative cemented in their mind. What is that narrative? Coronavirus is scary. Now they're still not quite sure how scary, but they know coronavirus is scary. And what do they know? Most Americans, they know the solution to coronavirus is locking down the economy, throwing on a mask. Get yourself 8,000 vaccines and 8 million vaccine booster shots. Just walk around with a needle hanging out of your rear end like your name's Hunter Biden. Sorry, Chris. I won't. I'm not going to make any more of those jokes tonight. Anyway, they've told the American people, when you get scared of coronavirus, go home and hide. Well, that's what people are going to start demanding now. And the anger is going to be turned way up higher than it was last year for two different reasons. The country has spent the last year, year and a half racing in opposite directions in a really dangerous way. You have half the country completely convinced that coronavirus is going to murder millions and you have to go out and get your vaccine and put on your mask. And if you don't do all these things, you hate everyone and you want people to die. Half the people really believe that. Now you can roll your eyes all you want and I do too, but you have to understand they really believe that. The other half of the country does not like being talked down to, does not like being told what to do. They don't trust the vaccine. They don't trust that anyone has been completely forthright about coronavirus. And they don't think these lockdowns actually work. Well, what common ground do those two groups have? Those two groups don't have any. They're running opposite ways. And now they're each twice as sick of the other as they were last year. If you're super vaccinated, protect me, daddy person. You're 10 times as desperate and angry now at the other side as you were before and vice versa. And this is me. If you're, you keep that crap out of my body and leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. And if you want to do your vaccine, that's fine. Go go do your thing. If you're that guy and I'm that guy, you're at this point mortified by the absolute tyrannical sheep on the other side. And you're about tired of being told what to do and issued orders. And here's what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. This is going to create a dangerous situation. This is going to create a situation where someone's going to get hurt. And I hate to tell you to remember that and write that down, Chris, but you better remember that and write that down. Somebody's going to get hurt soon over all this nonsense. Why don't we all just agree to back off so nobody gets hurt? Because that sucks. All right. I might be running for president. Hang on. There must be some It is the Jesse Kelly show and man, man alive. My parents really should have monitored what I listened to when I was a child. I am a huge Bob Seger fan. And I used to walk around jamming out to night moves for years before I realized, wow, was he not talking about dancing at all? Dang it. (laughs) It's the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't forget, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. For you new listeners, just know this is a special day. On Friday, every week, we do just you and me. No guests, no nothing, just you and me on Fridays. It's you asking me questions. 
You email them in, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. What questions you ask? Well, anything. And I do mean anything. They can be political questions. They can be history questions. Food questions, men, women, employers, employees. I don't care what it is. Travel, it doesn't matter. Email it in. I will answer it. They can be heavy. They can be light and absolutely stupid. I don't care. Email jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Try to remember to put Ask Dr. Jesse in the subject line, which brings me to my next point before I get to me running for president, which brings me to my next point. I have had the phone number, as you know. I have a phone number for the show so people can call in. Now, you've never heard anyone call into the show because I refuse to give out the phone number. I think if I do, you will ruin it. I think I will give out the phone number and I will and people will call and they will say, Hi Jesse, I love you. Okay, I love you too. How are you? Oh my gosh. Uh, how am I? I'm taking this pen and I'm jamming it into my eyeball. That's how I am right now. Tomorrow, I am considering doing a brief trial run where I give out the phone number on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday for your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. I'm considering it. I haven't committed to it yet. If I do it, don't let me down. Don't let me down. It's the easiest day to do it on. Don't tell me you love me, hate me, whatever. Don't ask me how I am. Don't say hi. Don't say hi. We already said hi. When I say, Tina in uh, Rhode Island, go. You get on and ask your question. And I'm not saying you have to speed through it. Slow down. Speak up. Enunciate. And I may even ask you a question back. We may have what's called a conversation as long as I think the audience isn't ready to drink cyanide. So call in possibly tomorrow, but it's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Now, I did because because somebody brought this up. They said, hello, handsome, which is the way to start out an email, Chris. When are you running for president? We need you. And they said they didn't want to reply, which is weird, but okay. When am I running for president? Never. I'm never going to run for president. I'm never going to run for political office again. Never. I did it once. I'll never do it again. And it's not because I don't, I don't think there's good, good value there. I've told you to do it. Run. I ran twice hard. The only reason I wouldn't do it now is I have more influence now doing what I'm doing than I would be as a congressman or senator. What, Chris? Oh, I hate you for asking that question, Chris. Chris just asked me, would I take a cabinet position? And I hate him for asking the question because I don't know. Look, I can tell you right now. Look, I'll tell you this. I'm doing, look, this is a dream job. I don't work. We sit and we laugh. You and me, we laugh together all night long. I come home, I'm in a better mood than I was when I went to work. How many people say that? So I have the best job in the world now. I would not want to just walk away from it. But at the same time, what if if President Heavy D, President DeSantis gets elected and he calls and he says, Jesse, and I say, yes, Heavy D, I want you to come be my chief of staff. I don't trust anyone else to do it. How could I say no? Now, let me clarify. He's not going to. I, I have a relationship with a lot of these big-time Republicans. I actually don't have one with him. I don't know him. I don't know his people. I like him. I like what, he, what I've seen. I don't know him at all. So he's not going to call me for chief of staff. It's, a, I'm just, it's just a scenario. But how could I say no to that? And it's not because I want to be chief of staff. 
or not because I would want that on my resume or that that would mean something to me. I don't think about things like that. Like, I'm not the guy who has a bunch of trophies to myself all over the house, although I should, Chris. You know what I need? We still need to – don't. What? We still need to get that huge portrait of me made for the for the new studio. Oh, it's going to be the best thing ever. We're doing that, and a huge one. No, and we're not taking your sick Julius Caesar statue with us either. That's inappropriate. Anyway, it's not that I would want to be a chief of staff. If you had someone elected and you believed in that someone and you thought that someone was going back there to really clean house – and really go after it and try to and try to save this place, right? If you thought someone was going to try to save this place, how could I as a man say no? I mean, don't I have a duty? It's just a hypothetical. This phone call isn't going to come, but don't I have a duty? Don't I have an obligation to say yes? Man, if I was chief of staff, though, whoo boy. You know what? Just go ahead and pack up your stuff before I get back there because all y'all are fired. And I mean everybody. I'll fire the cooks. And I know what you're saying, Jesse, you can't do that. Oh, yes, I can. When I'm cleaning out an infection, I'm going to take too much healthy skin instead of not enough. Trust me on this one. You're all fired. I'll fire the parking attendants. I'll fire the Secret Service agents. I'll fire everybody back there because I don't trust anyone. And I'll spend all the time in the world replacing them with my people. Because the problem we have right now in this country is this. And this is what doomed Trump's presidency. The problem we have is the federal bureaucracy is entirely staffed by loyal Democrats. Entirely staffed by loyal Democrats. Trump got impeached twice from within his own government. From within his own government. Do you realize how nutso it is that an employee... At Trump's State Department, disagreed with something the president said on the phone and got him impeached over it. That is insane. So, yeah, you don't want me as chief of staff. Trust me on that. Now, not that it matters because we're going to get a divorce, a national divorce. David Crosby slams Fox News and said Rupert Murdoch should be taken out and shot. Well, I mean... Not that I feel like David Crosby has really got the pulse of America anymore, but I'll tell you one thing he does have. He does have the pulse very much so of what I've seen a lot of from the left. They're not slowing down and backing off. This vaccine stuff's not going to slow down. These people really feel like they are entitled to use force to get you and I to do what they want us to do. I disagree. We're going to have a problem. I don't want to have a problem, but I think we're going to have a problem. Now, this brings me to what I actually wanted to talk about today. And I realized there are a bunch of other bigger issues, and we'll get to all of them on the show. But I woke up this morning, and I saw this. Her name is Angie Jones. I don't know who she is. Some tech girl. This is what she said. This weekend, I went on a girl's trip Ten black women flying first class. People literally could not process how it was possible. Stop using this word literally, everyone. Especially women. Sorry to single you out, ladies, but women and kids have gotten horrible about this. Everything isn't, it was literally this and literally that. You gotta, you gotta stop. I can't take it anymore. Back to her thing. Ten black women flying in first class. People literally could not process how it was possible. Staff tried to send us to regular lines. Passengers made snide remarks. One guy even yelled, 
Are they a higher class of people than I am? Stay mad. And then, of course, everybody dogpiles on this person of, you're such a liar. You're a liar. That never happened at all. Quit lying. Why are you a liar? Well, hold on. I have a different take. Is she a huge liar? Well, yeah. Yeah. Did a single thing she just said there happen? No, of course not. But I think it's important you and I come to an understanding on why these people say these things. Hang on. I've got an animal inside of me. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. Gosh, it's going to be such a fun show tonight and tomorrow. Ask Dr. Jesse Friday is going to be so fun. Don't forget we have Catalina Lauf coming up about 40 minutes from now. Yes, we're going to ask her where she stands on the issue. She's the run, running against that scumbag, Adam Kinzinger. Yes, I'm absolutely going to ask her if she, it helps or hurts her chances to be so hot when she runs for Congress. <laughs> Why? Because it's inappropriate. And because no one else asks these questions and it makes me laugh. All right, back to this crazy lady. But I, re- I, read the, I read the thing before we went to break, but let me do it one more time real quick. This lady gets, on, gets online, black woman, and says, This weekend I went on a girl's trip. Ten black women flying first class. People literally could not process how it was possible. Staff tried to send us to regular lines. Passengers make snide remarks. One guy even yelled, are they a higher class of people than I am? Stay mad, she says. Now, obviously none of that happened. This lady's a huge liar. We know that. Set that aside. Yes, we know the Jesse Smollett, uh, Bubba Wallace defense here. No, the garage pull string is not a a, a noose. And no, two MAGA guys didn't attack you at 2 a.m. in Chicago. Get serious. But you have to understand a couple things about these people. One, this has become currency. It has become a currency. There is, there's almost nothing you could do to guarantee massive amounts of clout, not only social media clout, money, than by being a victim of a race crime today or a victim of something. It's huge. The business side of this thing is huge. That's one, two. These people, you learn this behavior. You learn the thinking this way. And I want you to think about it like this. If I were to get you from an early age, no, not, not like Joe Biden. If I were to get you from an early age and I would raise you and I told you every single redheaded person you see, if they touch you, it will burn your skin. If you allow their skin to touch you, it will burn your skin. And I got you as a child, and I told you that. Watch out for those gingers. It'll burn your skin. Look, fellas, you should probably watch out for those gingers anyway, but that's another story. Watch out for those gingers. It'll burn your skin. Fellas, ladies, no one touch the gingers. It'll burn your skin. Now, you can laugh about that and roll your eyes, and I hope you are. But you should also understand, if I grew up and I told you that time and time and time again, and then I had other people in your life telling you the same thing, Your aunts and uncles told you that. Your teachers told you that. Your mentor here told you that. This teacher told you that. Now, it may sound ridiculous to you. You may say to yourself, no one would believe it. Yes, you would if you were taught from an early age. This human being here and everybody who thinks like this, in all honesty, I bet you she believes this. In her mind, 
If that ginger did touch her, she would instinctively go, go, ow, ooh, I think that's a second-degree burn. Oh, thank goodness, it's not blistering. I bet you money she would feel it. That's how much we have warped the minds of so many people in this country into thinking that they must be victims of something. They, it's their highest. It's the, one, they are victims, and two, you must be a victim publicly. It's the highest form of achievement. It's what these people believe. And by the way, maybe the whole story isn't a lie. I have no doubt there were snide remarks. I have absolutely no doubt there were snide remarks. You know how I know? Um, there were 10 women in first class. Have you ever been around 10 women when they're together? 10 friends? Have you ever talked to a bartender or a limousine driver? I'll tell you what. If you find yourself around someone who drives a limousine or next time you find yourself in a bar, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go up, do a little social experiment for Jesse, okay? And then email me after and tell me what the results were. Go up to the bartender and ask him, hey, what's the one thing you don't ever want to see coming through the door? What, who do you look up and you see coming through the door and you go, oh, gosh, I just want to go home? Limousine drivers, too. You know what they will tell you? Bachelorette party. To which I, the first time I had a bartender tell me that, uh, he was a young dude, and I thought I, I, we were going back and forth, we were just joking around, and I said, it made no sense to me. I thought, my goodness, a bachelorette party, why? It's a gold mine. You got, I mean, yeah, there's one woman who's getting married, but everyone else wants to get married, and they hate her for actually getting married, so the field is primed, and you, right? And he said, you have no earthly idea how obnoxious large groups of drunk women are. You'd be better off not having them in the bar. And what's funny is all the professional drivers will tell you that too. Like I said, limousine drivers and stuff like that. You don't want to drive a party bus for bachelorette party night. You don't. You know why they were getting snide remarks? You have any idea how loud they probably were in first class? Oh my gosh. Like I said, she's lucky the pilot didn't just bail out of the plane and dive to his death. All right. I got to dial this down. Remember... It's it's my 15th wedding anniversary, and I didn't want to say hardly anything at all. But during the break, you know what I got? I got a text from the wife saying, I hope that short little comment, because all I did was mention it once at the show. She said, I hope that short little comment about 15 years wasn't all you're giving me. And that I even got the sideways looks and things like that. <sighs> Fellas, I just want I want you to hear me now. It's been 15 years but it has felt like 150, all right? I just want you to make sure. I'm not telling you don't get married. Remember, I'm the one who says get married young and start making babies. That's how we save this country, but just just do me a favor, guys. Treasure every single minute before it starts. Every single minute. Treasure it like it's nectar from the gods and it's about to run out, all right? Just, just promise me that. <laughs> All right. We have a packed show. Um, Joe Biden. Biden's in an interesting pickle here. You see, he came out and he said this. I played it for you at the beginning of the show. He came out and he said, well, uh, we're looking into federally mandating this. But I think this may create a bit of an issue for him. No, not personally. We all know Joe Biden's not going to last all four years before he retires. I think it may be a legacy issue. I think he's killing his legacy. 
or Jill Biden's legacy. You see, if you're the president who's remembered as forcing a federal mandate on people, you're going to be remembered like Woodrow Wilson. Not a single person remembers Woodrow Wilson finally. That, uh, fondly. That Democrat-Republican thing ain't going to save you. Joe Biden is in trouble. His legacy is in trouble. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Start of the second hour coming up about 30 minutes from now. We have a primary opponent, Catalina Lauf. She's the one challenging that loser, Adam Kinzinger, who we were mocking relentlessly. <laughs> so we'll talk to Catalina Lauf. Remember, one, it's important she's challenging Kinzinger. Two, it's important that she's so hot. We need more times. And I realize that's offensive. But understand this. I'm 100% serious. We need more dimes. No, it's not for your viewing pleasure. We need more dimes because of this. We are in a war, you and I. I don't care whether you want to call it that or whether you want to acknowledge it. The stakes of the game you and I are in, this cultural battle between us and the communists here in this country, the stakes are high, really, really high. The misery that comes once these people take total power is not something you ever want to experience and you don't want your kids to experience it either. So we are, we're in, we're in that kind of a war. We, we've lost the culture. What does that mean? We've lost music and entertainment. When you lose music and entertainment, when you lose movies and sitcoms and things like that, what you lose is more than anything else, kids. Anyone who's been in advertising for any length of time will tell you People start make, making buying decisions early, really early in their life. You just early on, you'll decide, uh, I prefer Adidas, and you won't break from it. Very rarely will people break from it. You start deciding who and what you are very early on. Not having entertainment, not having actors and actresses and sports stars and music and things like that, this does hurt us a lot. What am I saying? I'm saying the Republican Party, the, well, you know what, forget the Republican Party, let's just say the right. The right has an opportunity now, because the left is so miserable, the right has an opportunity to begin to appeal to younger people. You see, what's happened is the left has had control of, of uh, Hollywood and stuff like that for so long, they're starting to churn out crap. People aren't going to the movies. I mean, I see all the numbers. They have to send these things to China to make any money. You're done going. You maybe didn't protest in front of the movie theater, but no. You don't want to take your six-year-old to the latest cartoon to learn about transgender Nazi Eskimos. You're not going. You're just not going to go. So people aren't going. People aren't watching sports. The sports ratings are shockingly bad. I mean, terrible. What does that mean? It means people, even young people, are turning away. What does uh, the hotness of, of, of our congresswomen have anything to do with any of this? We want to be the young, fun, good-looking, appealing side. I actually don't like saying that because it sounds shallow, right? And it doesn't sound important. I don't want to hear about looks. Tell me about taxes. I agree with you if you think it's shallow. I am. But I'm not 15. 
you're not 15. Young people want to be where it's fun. Young people want to be where it's appealing. Young people want to be where they look like Catalina Lauf and not like Nancy Pelosi. That's the truth. That's where young people want to be. People yelled about it and whined about it, about uh, Trump's Trump's big rallies. You remember Trump's rallies? He'd have these huge ones. They were like uh, college football games, practically. I went to one in Houston. There was tailgating fun, and and the women were dressed to the nines, and the dudes that were all dressed up. It was was just awesome. It was like a rock concert. And people complained, oh, this is too showy. Stop with that. Stop with that. Fun is important. You remember the boat parades. Trump had all these boat parades. And what were they? I mean, they were awesome. They were, they were all over places like Florida. I mean, they took place all across the country where they would just organize a big Trump rally on the water. And people would get these huge Trump flags out there, and they'd have this gigantic parade of boats flying flying Trump flags. And, of course, there were one or two beers floating around and, you know, pretty girls everywhere. And people got on, people on the right, on the more traditional right, got on and understandably said, I don't like it. I'm not comfortable with it. I don't like this. I don't like that. If that was your way of thinking then, I want you to understand something. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you did something that was stupid. You're not some you're not some old you know, old too old in your ways, out of touch loser. I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying this. We want to be, we must be the appealing party now to young people. And we have an opportunity to be because the left is so nutball now. They're so miserable. Even their comedians aren't funny. Have you turned on one of the late-night comedians anymore? Jimmy Kimmel and these types? I mean, the answer to that question, if the ratings are any indication, is probably no. But have you turned these guys on now? They suck. Jimmy Kimmel, I used to watch Jimmy Kimmel when I was a kid. Jimmy Kimmel used to be hilarious. But then the infection, the parasite of communism got in his mind. Jimmy Kimmel sucks now. He can't even land a good joke. They are becoming more boring and more miserable. We have an opportunity to be appealing. Let's be appealing. Now, within limits, I understand that within limits. No, we don't want the next Republican candidate for Congress to have strippers on the stage. I'm not saying that. Stop, Chris. That's enough. That's quit. I'm not saying that, but I am saying we must wade into entertainment. And for most of us on the traditional right, that is going to involve wading into areas we have traditionally shunned. We need music. We need, we need to make movies. We need pretty girls. We do. You know who likes to be around beautiful women? Everyone. Men and women. Why do you think all those waitresses look like that? That's who people want to be around. It is important that we become a more appealing party. Now, no, I'm also not one of these guys, which is going to sound weird because of what I just said. I'm also not one of these guys. We have to be the big tent and welcome in everybody. That's ridiculous. You have to have standards. Otherwise, you don't stand for anything. You must have standards. I'm not saying that. 
But I am saying this. It is important, really, 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 really important that we seize the opportunity. We fill the entertainment vacuum right now because all the TV ratings show there is a big, big, big entertainment vacuum right now. Now, I have no idea why I chose to talk about that for an entire segment. That was not the plan. I wanted to talk about the new Biden directive, but nevertheless, I lose focus. What's the new Biden directive? (sighs) Biden directs Department of Defense to, quote, look into how and when they will add COVID-19 vaccination to the list of required vaccinations for members in the military, end quote. That was according to the White House. Now, let's talk for a moment. Let's have a frank talk. And if you've listened to my show for any length of time, you know you, you know what I'm probably about to say, but it's important that we all hear this, all right? We Americans are blessed. We're very, very, very blessed for a laundry list of reasons. One of the things that has blessed this nation is not just our wealth and power that has allowed us to build up a mega military, but geographically, because we're so far away from anyone that's, that's an enemy of ours, and we, 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 we haven't really fought our friends since we fought Mexico. So we're so geographically isolated from our enemies You and I have never, we've never had the experience so many around the world today have. And that experience is this. Waking up in the morning and finding out your neighbors are running and screaming and pounding on your door telling you to leave because there's an enemy army half a mile away in closing. Now, in case you think I'm being over the top, hang on. I will explain what I'm talking about. Hang on. But uh, first of all, that doesn't mean you shouldn't get a good night's sleep tonight. Do you have a MyPillow yet? And I don't just mean a MyPillow pillow. I have one of those. So does my wife. I mean MyPillow sheets. I have MyPillow slippers. So does my wife. My wife has MyPillow pajamas. We have a MyPillow mattress topper. It's the best quality out there. And... When you talk about Mike Lindell, you see he was in the news again today. They're blasting away at him, saying he's a threat to democracy. This guy's out there on the front lines, putting it on the line for you and me. Let's support a great company with great products, too. Oh, and did I mention 60-day money-back guarantee? Go get their six-piece towel set. It's on sale right now. It's normally $109.99 right now for my listeners. It's $39.99. You got to go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials and use the promo code JESSE. Go get a steal on a six-piece towel set today. MyPillow.com, radio listener specials, promo code JESSE. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And reminder... Tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I'll get to the enemy troops in the in the streets here in just a second, but tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Email me your questions. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. They don't have to be political. They can be. No, they, they, they absolutely can be, but they don't have to be. It can be about uh, food, 
men, women, relationships, travel, history, whatever you want to talk about, we can talk about it. This one, this is a great example. All right. This is a great example of an Ask Dr. Jesse question. My company is giving me a 10 year anniversary present worth $500 and told me to pick whatever I want. The problem is, should I tell my wife? She'll probably want something dumb like a new oven or brakes for her truck. <laughs> Whereas I would like to point out, I have all 1911 sizes. <laughs> of course, I'd have to hide it forever, and I'm not sure the stress is worth it. Decisions, decisions, decisions. I need your wise input. Look, I understand and you understand. There are little, little white lies you're going to tell your spouse throughout the years. White lies, I would argue are healthy. She's having a stressful day. Kids were really bad, so on and so forth. And boom, you get back in from the store with the kids and one of the kids opened up his door too hard and dinged in the side of her car. Is it time to walk right in and have total honesty and say, honey, hey, I know you're sitting there stress eating ice cream with the bottle of wine. Looks like you're going to have to get your car fixed too. Anyway, I'm going out for a beer. Or is it time to walk in and simply be smiles and everything's fine and then maybe break it to her another time? Ladies, you know he's getting older. You know he's put on 10 pounds. Okay, 30 pounds. Going gray, getting bald. Not that I'd know anything about that. And he asks you, do you still think I'm the most handsome man around? Now, you and I both know the center fielder you were just gawking at for a minute on television, probably pound for pound, a bit better looking than your man. Do you think you should say, well, honey, I mean, maybe top 50. I don't know. That guy batting cleanup was something. A little white lies. But everything in the proper proportion, right? They should probably stop at little white lies. One, that's a hilarious email. It is. It is a hilarious email. But it's not worth the stress. It's not worth the stress. You're better off just telling her what you want. And you know what? She may surprise you. She may say, honey, go get yourself a 1911. Knock yourself out. See? That's an Ask Dr. Jesse question right there. Now back to enemies in the streets. If it sounds like I'm trying to be over the top about this, it's because I am. Because what I'm saying to you is real. Biden announced, he's basically, he's, he's told the DOD, the Department of Defense, hey, start looking into making sure everybody in the military has to be vaccinated. What, is that, what that is absolutely going to do, and you can take this from me because I still have so many friends in it is absolutely going to run people out. It's going to run the people out you want on your side. You want the independent alpha male in the military defending you. You do. That guy, the smart, talented alpha male with options, he's not going to do it. He's not going to walk away. Talented people, you always have to keep this in mind, no matter whoever you're dealing with. Employers, keep this in mind when you're dealing with employees. Always keep this in mind. 
talented people have options. Military guys like that have options. So the end result of Biden requiring everybody to get a vaccination in the military is going to be people you need in the military walking away. Now, when they walk away, don't think you're just losing that guy's ability to shoot. You're losing something called institutional memory. You're losing that guy training the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. When one great guy walks away from a military or a police force, it does so much more than empty out one slot you can fill with the next recruit. It has lasting impact. And we are going to have so many of these guys walk away. Now, what does that mean? What does that that have to do with enemy in the streets? Well, we've never experienced it here, but people all over the world, they wake up and they go to bed and they do both things with the knowledge, I might be invaded by someone who hates me tomorrow. Americans have never had that experience. Our military has been too fa- too powerful. We've had these massive oceans. We've never, ever, ever had that experience. The experience of watching houses burn and buildings burn and, and innocent civilians die. I'm not just talking about troops. I'm talking about women and kids. And stuff. We've never had that experience. And that makes us so unique. Don't lose sight of how blessed you are and how unique that is. That makes us unique as a nation. It's awesome. It's cool. It's a great thing about us. Good, right? Good. I'm glad we have that. There's an expiration date on everything. Those things don't last forever. This empire, whether it be a year from now, I don't think it'll be a year from now, or 500 years from now, I sadly don't think we're going to last that either, but at some point there's going to be an end date. And nations, when they end, nations don't generally end like the 95-year-old person who simply goes to sleep one night in their comfy bed and doesn't wake up the next day. When the expiration date finally gets there, it's not pretty. It's really, really ugly. People die. Lots of them. Some of the ones who live wish they were the ones who died. I'm not trying to be over the top. I'm trying to drive home to you what the stakes are in the game. We have a United States military that right now is capable of defending our shores. And we have shores, you know, with two gigantic oceans. We're we're okay. Just defend the shores, right? You and I don't want to discover what it's like when the military can't defend the shores anymore. And if our entire military is going to be a bunch of Democrats, if our entire military is going to be a bunch of critical race theory lemmings who go along with whatever the Democratic Party says, that is a military that is going to be eaten alive. Did you see the recent military games? I won't bore you with the details. They did a gigantic military exercise basically to test our readiness. What are we ready for? Can we do this? Can we do that? The failure was catastrophic. It wasn't a a close loss. We got crushed. The stakes of losing that, they're more than anything I can drive home to you. They are. Because you've never experienced it, and I've never experienced it. You know, war on your own soil like that. But the people who have experienced it, listen to them. They'll tell you. 
They will tell you. All right. We got Catalina Lauf coming up next, running against Kinzinger. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show. Wait a minute. Did Catalina pick that song? Oh, that's legit. She went Def Leppard. <laughs> Joining me now, Catalina Lauf running for Congress. Catalina, I'm so beyond impressed. That's, that is well done. Most of our guests pick crappy music. Uh, well, thank you. Either that or Guns N' Roses. Ooh, I'm like, All right. Well, okay. Doing something else. That works. <laughs> um, did you see the man you're running against, Adam Kinzinger, fake crying in front of Congress the other day? I've never been so embarrassed for a congressman and men in general in my entire life. Oh, did I see that? Complete emotional manipulation. <laughs> Catalina, why run? I mean, why? Go? I know you're successful in your private life. Why bother running? I'm sure you're probably getting plenty of grassroots support. I don't know about the establishment, but why run at all? Oh, thank you for, for calling me successful. You know, I because it's the time is now. We need people to stand up, to fight back. And what's happening to our country with these, I mean, these liberals are crazy. The Biden administration and everything that they've been pushing since the day that they got into office and even before that is absolutely ridiculous. And you have people like Adam Kinzinger, the rhinos who are supposed to be on our side, on the Republican side, because that's what they ran as and that's what they were elected as. They're supposed to be to be fighting for the values of our party, which is protecting individual liberties. It's pushing back on things like the, the border at the crisis and fighting for immigration reform. It's making sure that we have a pro-growth economy and making sure that all American people can thrive in their private lives, in their workforce, companies, small businesses of all sizes thrive. That's what, what Republicans stand for. But you have people like Adam Kinzinger completely uh, trading sides and, and enabling the Democrats to be doing what they're doing. Why? What happened to him? Because he's so detestable. It's basically a Democrat now. And I know people are frustrated with people like him and Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney and these types. But I try to wrap my mind around why there has to be a reason. There's no way. he. Well, I shouldn't say there's no way. Hopefully he doesn't even get by you in the primary. Why do this? Why, why go this route if you're him? Is it just for a TV contract? You know, I it's hard to, to imagine. But I think what happens and look, both sides. Career politicians do this a lot. They go to Washington and they forget where they came from. You know, they're not in touch with their base because they're so obsessed with uh, being in that kind of ivory tower out in D.C., being in the swamp, that they truly forget uh, their roots. And when I'm here on the ground every day talking to people all from all different backgrounds, all different types of uh, demographics out here, all they want is the opportunity for for their for themselves and for their children to have a better life, to, to have the American dream. They care about things like election integrity. They care about things like the economy. They care about real kitchen table issues. And somebody like Adam Kinzinger is just so far out of touch with that. So I think it's just a it's an unfortunate uh, a disease that happens to these career politicians that they go to Washington and forget who they are. Catalina, I know it's uh, sacrilege to talk about. By the way, we're speaking with Catalina Lauf running against that scumbag Adam Kinzinger. I know it's sacrilege to talk about, but I actually wish 
I had the opportunity to vote for a Democrat these days just because the Republican Party frustrates me so much. Now, I can't because they've gone so insane and so far left. When did that happen? Because I feel like it was 15 minutes ago. Even Bill Clinton wasn't that far left, not even close. These people are nutballs. When did this happen? You know, I, I believe it was it's a, it, a matter of the fact that we did not have Republicans that were strong. They always tried to compromise. They never were able to stand firm and stand up uh, to the far left. And we saw that, I think, starting with the Obama administration and maybe a little even prior, but certainly during the Obama administration. And I think that's why President Trump was able to do all that he was able to do and, and create a broader base, because you do have a lot of disenchanted kind of jaded Democrats that are that consider themselves more moderate that don't even they don't even know what party uh, exists now in the Democrat on the Democrat side because they're so far left because they're so socialist you know we cannot afford as a country to to have this dystopia that they want for us I mean look at the trillion dollar uh, infrastructure bill look at the green new deal that they want to implement look at what they want to do to our economy what they're doing to our schools with things like critical race theory these things and even COVID the mask mandates, the the vaccine passport threats. I mean, those are issues that I think are actually bringing uh, reasonable, moderate people that still want their freedom, that still know that we live in the greatest country in the world and want to preserve that. They're coming on to our side now. President Trump was able to tap into that demographic, kind of these uh, Reagan Democrats, uh, Blue Dog Democrats, the working class. He, he created a broader network that we need to preserve and we need to make sure that we're building our base moving forward on the conservative side because we conservatives are preserving freedom. The Democrat Party today is taking it away. Do you think being really hot helps or hurts your chances running for office? I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. (laughs) Thank you. I I argued. No, it was was, in all seriousness. I argued earlier that the Republican Party getting younger and getting better looking actually is really, really important. I I wasn't saying it being tongue in cheek because the Democratic Party is so old and miserable and mean that the more appealing we get, especially to younger people out there now, I think we have an opportunity with younger people to become more appealing. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And uh, again, thank you. And I think it's more, but it's so funny because the more hate that I get, it's always the ad hominid. It's always about the looks and it's always from Democrats uh, and the people that support Adam. So it's funny that you know, people try to they try to say that Republicans are sexist and and racist and all that when it's the complete opposite. It's happening from the other side, who is very hateful at times. And I feel for all the women running for Congress, you own what you look like. You don't care what they say. Uh, and, you know, that's how you become a boss, because they will try to take you down and and comment and say everything. And it, it is it's it's sad, really. Uh, their tactics. Oh, it is. That is a fact. As terrible as the things people say to me, it pales in comparison to the things they say to black people who go conservative, women who go conservative. They they say the most unspeakable things. But anyway, let's set all that stuff aside. Catalina, what are you having for dinner tonight? Oh, gosh. I, I think a steak. I just came, came back from a workout. I need that protein. Ribeye or filet? Don't say, don't say New York Strip, please. 
No, filet, definitely. Okay. Whatever I got from Costco, can't. I don't know what it is. Catalina, how can people support you if they want to take that loser down? CatalinaForCongress.com and Catalina Lauf on all social media platforms. Thank you so much for having me on again, Jesse. Go get them. You're the best. Go get them. Looks important. Filet or ribeye matters. What, Chris? No, look. I'm not going to be painted as anti-filet. I eat a filet every time, or I've had plenty of filets whenever I could afford them. Mine weren't maybe the best quality cut filet in the world, but I've had plenty of filets in my life. I get the tender desire. You want that tenderness there. Everybody knows the flavor comes from the fat. Everybody knows. No, the ribeye's not going to give you, give you that same soft, tender bite every single time. No. And sometimes the fat can be a little too much. It's like a feminist rally. But there are other times where you get that perfect mixture of fat and meat. Oh, gosh, it's so good. Chris, what's the cheapest place you can get a steak around here? Well, no, actually, we all know the cheapest place. It's Waffle House. The Waffle House sells those steaks because you can get steak and eggs, and they're in the little shrink-wrapped plastic. <laughs> you know, that's probably not that's probably not good. I'll tell you what, we're going to get back to your emails in just a second. Hang on. But first, $28 trillion in debt is about to be $30 trillion. Did you see what Powell said again? Federal Reserve Chairman Powell, he came out and said again, he keeps getting more and more dire with his warnings. Oh, not only is inflation here, looks like uh, it'll be around a while. Gold and silver, they have value now. They'll have value tomorrow. You know how I know that? Because they had value before you or I were born. They had value before the country was born. They had value before the Western Hemisphere was discovered. Precious metals have always had value. You have to have some in your portfolio to protect yourself. Get a hold of Oxford Gold Group, please. They will protect you. They will guard your wealth. Real gold and silver, not a piece of paper. Gold and silver, you get to hold in your hand, and they have promised me. They have made a promise. They will take care of my listeners. 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-GOLD. Make sure you tell them Jesse told you to call. Hang on. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I don't know what the controversy is. Why I'm not allowed to ask questions like that? In case you just missed it, we had Catalina Laufon. She's the one running up against Kinzinger, that scumbag loser Republican. She's the one primarying him. And I asked her, do you think it helps or hurts that you're so hot? Apparently, that's not a question that normally gets asked. I didn't know. I've never been trained. People do understand I've never been trained here, right? I've had no training. None. I sat I started doing radio three years ago. I got an opportunity to do it. It was a seven o'clock at night show. I sat down behind the microphone. And I mean first night. Chris was there first night. I sat down behind the microphone and I just talked until Chris came in my ear and said, We have to go to break. And I'm all, what's break? He's like, We have commercials. You have to stop talking. 
No one told me anything. There was not a coach. There wasn't a professor. I didn't go to school for this. I asked the questions I like. And besides, that's a good question anyway. I genuinely want to know. And I'll tell you what what makes me curious about this. And actually, I want to hear from women on this. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com is the email address. I want to hear from women on this. Do you think a woman, it doesn't necessarily have to be her, do you think a woman running for office who is really, really, really hot, do you think it helps or hurts her? I will tell you, I've been in fields where it helped. I I would have thought it helped, and I've been in fields where I would have thought it hurt. I mean, women who are so beautiful can be threatening to other women. We all know women can be pretty nasty to women they think are hotter than them. That's not a secret, right? That's not insulting. It's not a secret. How... How much does it help? How much does it hurt? Yes, I understand it's going to be appealing to the male voters. That's that's not a question. But it, it, what, do, what do women think about that? Moving on. Promise you I'm getting to some emails. Remember, tomorrow, Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Oh, great bearded oracle and potential president of the United States. Gosh, Chris, this guy has it figured out. I would be such a good president. What, Chris? What? I might be a little corrupt, but I, for the most part, I would be good. Anyway, I heard you talking about Simone Biles the other day, and I think you missed her agenda. She wanted to win the gold medal so she could protest against the United States since her focus was not on the Olympics. She messed up. So, look, here's what I let's just recap. What I said about Simone Biles the other day was this you quit on your team in the middle of a team event. And I waited to say that until I heard what she had to say. She went up to the microphone and said, I wasn't having fun. You got to look out for yourself now and then. I was about my mental health, which absolutely disgusted me. But she has since come out and said this. I got the twisties. What are the twisties? Well, again, my wife is a gymnast, so I've talked to her about this extensively. They're very real. In gymnastics, it happens as you get older, especially, you can get to a point where your mind will play tricks on you and you can't do your tricks anymore, the spins and flips and all that stuff. And you can actually, when you're doing flips, get lost in the air. Like your mind loses it and you can lose where you are and you can die. Now, let me clarify. That's a perfectly reasonable excuse. And it looks like that is what happened with Simone Biles. So what happened? What went wrong? Well, I've always argued this. I I will always believe this 100%. Athletes in this country are severely, severely cheated by lack of PR people. What do I mean by that? Well, one, there aren't very many good PR people. Everyone sells themselves as being a PR person. I'm a, I'm a PR guy. I'll help with your PR, public relations, for lack of a better way to put it. But they suck at it. They maybe had one guy who was good. They worked for him. He goes and starts his own PR firm. Athletes are constantly saying the wrong thing at the wrong time because they don't have anyone teaching them otherwise. Simone Biles should have come out immediately. There would have been zero controversy with anyone in America if she'd come out immediately and said, I had a mental issue where I couldn't figure out where I was, and if I kept going, 
I thought I was going to die or hurt myself. That's why I had to pull out. Not a single person in the country would have said, quitter. Oh, what are you doing, loser? Everybody would have been, okay, well, take care of yourself. Protect yourself, of course. Instead, it was immediately, I wasn't having fun. There's just been a lot of pressure saying every wrong thing you could say to pour gasoline on the fire. That's what went wrong there. That's what went wrong there. Athletes are underserved by PR because there aren't very many good PR guys. Look, I'll I'll expand this to corporate America. How many times have you seen corporate America make some huge monumental screw-up and then handle the screw-up, handle the public backlash as terribly as humanly possible? Yeah. That's the same reason. People in general... They don't understand PR, one, and the people who have traditionally understood PR, they don't understand that PR changes. Republicans are terrible at this. I mean, let's be honest. This is really what I'm talking about here. Republicans are absolutely terrible at handling PR because they don't realize how things change. Why does PR change? I mean, the strategy you used... And 2020 is way different or should be way different than the strategy that in 2000 even. Why? Why so different? Well, one, societies change. They go right, they go left, they go up, they go down. Two, technology changes. Technology changes all the time. Absolutely all the time. It's, it's always advancing, always changing. Part of your life now, if you're a public figure, part of your life is social media. Now, that sucks, right? And I'm on social media. My Twitter account is gigantic. It's at Jesse Kelly DC. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Same thing, at Jesse Kelly DC. I'm on Facebook and all that. I'm on all those. I don't love them. Most of the time, I have to be forced by friends and family around me. You should post that on Instagram. Why don't you put that up there? And I, I kind of have that sneer about it. Why well, don't I have to post everything on Instagram? That's so stupid. Why can't I do something? I'm wrong there. They're right. Times have changed. You have to change with them. We live in something now that nobody in human history has ever lived through before. You want to know what that something is? I'll tell you in a sec. Jesse Kelly show final hour. It's the final hour before ask Dr. Jesse Friday begins. I consider ask Dr. Jesse Friday to be basically a national holiday. What Chris on Fridays for you new listeners of the show, we take your questions by email. Jesse at Jesse What questions? Uh, anything. The answer is anything. Can be political, totally fine, doesn't have to be. Men, women, food, history, travel, and there's something else. I have to announce it. I figure it's appropriate to announce it now. I have a call-in number for the show. As you know, I have not given out this number yet. I have not given out the number for this reason. I think you will call and make life miserable for everybody. You'll ask me how I am. You'll tell me you love the show. Blah, 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 blah. I'm already bored. Call and get to the point. I am considering, 
considering giving out the show phone number tomorrow for Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. If I do this, if I do this, I'm going to sound like my parents. Don't make me regret it. One, don't make me regret it. Two, when you answer the phone, when I get to you, when I say, Bob, line one, go. Bob, ask your question. Don't tell me you love me. Don't tell me you hate me. Don't ask how I am. Don't, don't. Get to your question. Now, don't be so nervous that you feel like you have to talk really fast so no one can understand it. Just get right to the question. We may even go back and forth. Ask the question. Sit there and shut up. I'll give you an answer. Maybe I'll ask a question. But we are not going to brutalize this audience. I'm considering giving out the phone number tomorrow. No promises, though. Even if I did make a promise, I don't have any morals, so I just break it anyway. A couple more emails before. Oh, no, I forgot. What's coming? What, what age are we in that's going to get worse? We're in the nuclear news cycle age. This is what Republicans do not understand. Businesses do not understand it. Professional athletes. And nobody in the public eye understands this. Most of the people in my business, left and right, do not understand this. They do not understand it no matter how many times I explain what the nuclear news cycle is. And here's what I mean. If I, Jesse Kelly, all right, let's, 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 let's time travel back to uh, 1990. Not that, not long, long ago, right? 1990. Let's say I'm the same age now and the same mega talent that I am now. What, Chris? And I'm on the radio, nationally syndicated show. And let's say, not that this would ever happen, I say something wildly offensive. Wildly offensive. Which apparently I do on the regular. You, it's the year 1990. I just said something wildly offensive. You are offended beyond belief. What can you do about it? What can you do about it? Can you do anything? Honestly, and I mean physically you, what can you do? I'm mad at Jesse. I want to tell someone. Okay, there's no... Facebook, there's no Twitter, there's not even really email back then. Maybe email was just starting, Chris, I don't know, but maybe an email. But even if there was, who were you going to email? Where were you going to find the per- You see what I'm saying? Well, that's fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call somebody. Who are you going to call? I'm going to call my show, talk to my phone screener? Okay. No, I'm going to call his boss. Okay, all right, fine. You're going to call my boss. It's 1990. How are you going to do that? What, what phone number are you going to call? Is it going to start dialing numbers to get a hold of iHeart? I, I would uh, look it up. Okay, so you're going to go look it up where? You see what I mean? It's a different world. Back then, if you had a complaint about something or someone, I just use myself as an, as an example, very, very, very hard to actually touch that person you're mad at or touch their boss. So you didn't have this outrage at all times, this ginned up outrage. And not only is it tough for you to touch me, (laughs) quit, Chris, I'm not talking about Michael Jackson. Not only is it tough for you to touch me or touch my boss, you can't whip your friends and family up into a frenzy to do the same thing, right? You can't whip up your 50 closest friends to touch me because you can't touch me. It's 1990. You don't know anything. You don't know who to call. You don't know what to do. 
Now, let's fast forward to the era we live in now, the era I call the nuclear news cycle. What is that era? Well, what, Chris? What is it? It's the same reason she cackles like a dead hyena every time she's asked an uncomfortable question. It's the same reason she started out her political career as Willie Brown's bratwurst bun. Kamala Harris will be... That was, of course, me on Tucker Carlson talking about Kamala Harris. Chris chose to play that because everyone was so mad at me on the left after I got done saying that. And yeah, again, you know, reach now that actually that's a great example. Thank you for bringing that up, Chris. I can't believe you did something right today. Today. All right. We we just did 1990. Today, the nuclear news cycle, the year's 2021. Today, what happens if I, Jesse Kelly, right now, say something wildly offensive on the radio, which basically happens every night. What happens? And this happens every night. Well, it takes the average person. It would take you how long on your smartphone to figure out how to talk to me directly on social media? How long would it take you on your smartphone? How long? A minute? Maybe? Two minutes? You would find a way to be able to talk to me directly. Now, you, you, may be, you may say to yourself, he probably won't see it. I would just add him on Twitter or, or add him on Instagram. He might not see it. But how long would it take you to get a hold of iHeartRadio? Well, iHeartRadio is one of the biggest accounts on Twitter. You just put at iHeartRadio. You can talk to them immediately. Not only can you talk to iHeartRadio immediately, you can get other people worked up into a frenzy. Jesse Kelly said this about women. Did you hear it? And soon it's spreading across the internet. And now, remember, 1990, nobody could get a hold of my boss. Now, within an hour, it's it's trending on Twitter. 20,000 people have added iHeartRadio. Fire Jesse Kelly. And the problem is this nuclear news cycle, we still have all these companies run by people who were raised in a different era. They weren't raised in the era of the nuclear news cycle, so they don't know how to properly filter this stuff out. Now, I only used iHeart as an example because they actually let me say whatever I want. You're welcome to add them all you want. I'd never get in trouble. I've never once gotten in trouble. I don't, I don't do it. They don't yell at me at all. They love the show. The show's the fastest growing show in America. There's nothing you can do about it. But I, that was an example of, let's say they were different. Let's say they were a bunch of weenies. And all of a sudden, they woke up the next morning. Oh, my gosh, 20,000 people. 20,000 people need us to fire Jesse. What do we do? Here's where Republicans mess up and athletes mess up and entertainers mess up all the time. You know what you do? Nothing. You don't do anything. You don't apologize. You don't put out a public statement. You don't fire him. You actually don't even put out a public statement defending him. If this happens, you know what you do? You do one of the hardest things there is for human beings to do, even though it is very easy. You know what you do? Shut up. Just shut up. Because the nuclear news cycle is called the nuclear news cycle for a reason. Just like a nuclear bomb, it's going to burn hot for about 24 hours. 48 hours, you're going to feel like the world is coming down on you. I know this has happened to me several times and it will happen to me several more. So I'm well aware of what this feels like. And it's not even your enemies. It's your friends and your family. That's what gets you. You're getting phone calls from your mom. Did you see what they said on Facebook? Your wife's calling you. Oh my gosh. Did you see what this person said? Your kids are getting harassed in school. That's what gets you, right? But if you just manage to be strong and shut up, 
for about 24 hours. Well, there's a nuclear news cycle for a reason. It goes away. Because they're always looking for something to be outraged about. If you just shut up, they'll chase the new shiny object within 24 to 48 hours. And you get out of this without ever having to deal with it at all. That's what's going on right now in this country. Let's talk about gun confiscation. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. She's my best friend's girl. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. You're right, Chris. The cars are underrated. You don't think you like the cars, but you start playing the cars. Your head starts moving. Your head was moving just now. Don't lie. All right, gun confiscation. I get these a lot, and I wanted to address this. Jesse, I would argue the commies here are not exactly the same as commies everywhere else in one degree. Our commies are dumber. They started their indoctrination of our children prematurely. They missed a couple crucial steps. Gun confiscation, and he said getting rid of the nationalists. Even Mao was smart enough not to rev up his cultural revolution until 1966, a full 17 years after the nationalists fled to Taiwan and the Communist Party greatness was all the younger generation had ever known. couple things on that. One, people don't know about Mao's cultural revolution because America's horrid education system chooses to only teach about the bad things about America. If you don't know, here's just a brief thing on it. Just give me a minute. Mao, obviously, as you know, was the, the scumbag who took over China. Post-World War II, frankly, during and before World War II, but post-World War II, the communists were fighting the nationalists in China. The nationalists were run by Chiang Kai-shek. It doesn't matter. Don't remember that. Don't worry about that name. Chiang Kai-shek, communists run by Mao and some other people, but Mao eventually took over. Communists end up winning that war. I'm not going into the details of it. I'll do a history show on it one day. Mao takes over. The communists now rule the party. Mao, of course, immediately begins starving a bunch of people to death. You know, they're communists. That's what they do. But eventually, Mao thought he was having power kind of taken away from him. He was unhappy with some of the other communist party members. And Mao, well, communists always do communist things. They're all the same. Mao decided we need another revolution. 17 years after they had total power, total power, he decided they needed another revolution. What did Mao do? He started ginning up the students of the nation into an outrage. He handed out something called a little red book, and we need to, we need to get rid of the four olds here in China is what he called it. I'm not going to go into the details of that. He basically told them, the old people in your country, they are cheating you. They're too rich. Look how poor you are. We need to fight back against the system. How about that? The guy who'd been in charge of the system forever, selling people on fighting back against the system. That doesn't sound familiar at all, right? Soon we had a bunch of communist Chinese students, uh, high school students and college, beating their teachers to death, hunting down Mao's political opponents, beating them with uh, nails or bats with nails coming out of them and stuff like that. I only brought up that part of the story to bring up this. Don't underestimate how truly, truly vicious America's college class is. 
you and I, and I'm just as guilty of this as you, we, we play these videos for you all the time about college kids saying something stupid and communist on campus. And we laugh about it, right? Oh, what an idiot. They don't know what they're talking about. Don't underestimate how dangerous these people can be if mobilized. Mao didn't. Mao looked out at his college class, and you know what he saw? He saw an army. He saw an army that was more than willing, because of their stupidity, because of their naivete, he saw an army that was more than willing to go hurt the people he tells he told them to hurt. And do you think today's college kids with all the violence and nasty things you see on college campuses towards the right, how much of a nudge do you think they would need to really start hurting people if they thought they could get away with it? Now, that was step one. Step two, or I want to address this, gun confiscation. The communists in America missed that step. He's right, and that's why I've always said the national divorce is possible. They missed that step. But it was never a possible step. It's funny, when you think about the Bill of Rights and, and everything that makes America wonderful, the freedom and the Constitution and all these things, and you think about all the, all the freedoms that were enshrined in there. The Second Amendment obviously has always been important. You've always viewed it as important. I always have. It's part of every right-winger's, you know, part of his arsenal. It's what you believe. Own firearms. Or you at least believe people should. In the end, isn't it going to be wild that that's the thing that saves us? Because in the end, after all these lofty ideas and fancy speeches and fancy colleges and fancy degrees and voting and all these things, in the end, it's all just about power, isn't it? It's all about power. And the truth is, Americans, from the very beginning of all the things our founders did, nothing did more to prolong this country. In the very beginning, they knew this needs to be an armed population here. People here need to be armed. And because they started the country that way, we all just kept it going. We all just kept it going. Now it's become part of our cultural DNA. I mean, look, me, I didn't grow up. People people are weirded out by this or don't realize this. I didn't grow up in a political household at all, at all. My parents never talked about politics. It's just not something they were into. I remember I had one political conversation my entire life. I think I was in kindergarten. I'm going to screw up these. I think I was in kindergarten when Reagan was running for re-election. That would work out time-wise. I think I was. And we were having mock political debates in school back when you could do that, that sort of thing. And I just remember coming home one day out of the blue, and they could have told me anything, and I'd have believed it. I'd have said, Mom, Dad, are we Republican or Democrat? And my dad, in his very, very kind and, and understanding way, said, we're Republicans. And that's the only thing I ever heard. So that's all I knew, right? I didn't get political till I was way later on in life. So I was way, way, way later on in life. But I always knew about guns because it's part of our cultural DNA. It was just something I grew up with. And I understand maybe you didn't grow up with it. And that, 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 that's the norm now. There are a bunch of Americans who didn't. But me, I was, I was rabbit hunting with my dad when I was five or six years old. And I had a toy gun in my hands. He's out there. We had a rabbit hunting dog. And he had a shotgun. And we're out humping through the bush. And the dog's out there, and I'm fake shooting all the rabbits. It wasn't because we were Republicans or because or we knew anything about uh, the Second Amendment being uh, protecting us against the government. It really had no political sense at all. It was just guns were just part of what we did. 
It was just part of our culture. It's part of American culture. People have guns here. And the communists missed that step. But not to give them credit, in their defense, I guess I should say, they never had an opportunity. It is ingrained in Americans to love guns. It is. You might as well walk down to Brazil and tell them to give up soccer. It, it, I'm serious. I wasn't, I'm not trying to be tongue-in-cheek. It is that ingrained in Americans. They believe in guns. They like owning guns. They like a lot of them. They like ammo. They like things that blow up. And yeah, obviously, that can get us hurt sometimes. In the end, that might be the thing that saves us all. It might be the thing that saves us all. Now, I saw something, and I want to address it. I've seen it a lot. I see people on the right saying, hey, Democrats, those are the real racists. Republicans aren't racist. Democrats are racist. I want to talk about that. Hang on. Coming to me in the morning. Chris, please turn this cream off. I've asked several times that you stop playing cream. Cream is garbage. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, including our interview with Catalina Lauf, when I asked her if her being really hot was going to hurt her election chances, you can find out her answer on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. All the podcasts are available there. Don't bother looking for yesterday's. We're having technical issues. That's fine. I wasn't here anyway. Don't worry about that. I am back in the chair, though, now, baby. All right. Now, I want to address this thing I see pop up a lot on the right. And I understand why people do it. But we have to stop. And this is what I mean. I I have this email. Jesse, let's play the left's game against them. Vaccine mandates are racist. This is racist, and this is racist, and that's what she says. We should start calling their things racist. Now, her heart's in the right place. She's 100% right, you know, all that stuff, but hear me out. One, that's playing defense, not offense. They've already got that. They've They've already taken that route. We can't play defense in that way, one. Two, if, you, if you're interested in playing offense and we're going to start labeling, understand that I don't use the word communist all the time only because that's what they are. Now, that is what they are. They're cultural Marxists. They are communists. But I do use that word for a purpose. Why? I'll be frank with you and just lay it out right now. I watched in horror During Trump's four years as president, I watched in horror as these people repeatedly said, Nazi, white supremacist, Nazi, white supremacist, look at these Nazis, look at these white supremacists, Nazi, white supremacists. It was endless, endless from major media outlets, from the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi on down. Joe Biden ran on it. It was endless. White supremacist, Nazi, white supremacist, Nazi, white supremacist. Soon, and I I brought this up before, where we are right now is... The majority of the Democratic Party in America, the number one issue for them, we have the polls that show it, is white supremacism. White supremacism doesn't even exist in America anymore. And yet, they think it does. Why? 
because they've always understood, scumbags have always understood the importance of labeling your political opponent with the label you want to give him. Not fair play, not let's be honest, not let's not take it over the top. You label him before he labels you. They have already made us out to be Nazis and white supremacists. In the minds of millions of Americans, if you say you believe in the Second Amendment, you're a Nazi white supremacist. Now, you can shake your head and scream and say, that's insane. That's right. You're right. It is insane. Nevertheless, that ship has sailed. You don't have the option because you don't have the power. I don't have the power. You don't have the option to unlabel yourself now. Chris, is unlabel a word? Is it the... You don't know whether or not it's a word. It might be a word. D-label might be a word. Either way, I'm going with it. It's my show. I can make up whatever words I want. You don't have the option to unlabel yourself. You do have an option, though. The question is, are you comfortable doing it? Are you comfortable doing things you haven't done before? Your option is you could always label them back. You could always label them back. Why do I say communist all the time? It's not only because that's what they are. It's because it's working and it's labeling them. How many people do you see now on the right calling them communist? Donald Trump himself is out there in speech calling them communists and using the words communism. Who do you think started all that? It works. Labeling works. They did it for years. You do it now too. You do it. That's offense. That is playing offense. That's how that's done. Remember, tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com is the email address. Put Ask Dr. Jesse in the subject line if you would. And again, I do have the phone number. I have chosen not to give out the phone number because I'm worried you're going to bore the audience with the, hi, Jesse, I'd love to share. I am considering, I'm not making a promise to you. I am considering giving out the number tomorrow on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday and seeing how you do. If I do that, when I go to you, ask your question. Not, hi, not, I love you. Ask your question because the rest of us are dying out here. (laughs) Why do normal English-speaking people use a fa Spanish accent when saying names of Mexican ancestry but do not utilize any other fa accent for names of other nationalities? Well, one, that's kind of a weird question, but two, Mexican accents are a blast. They're absolutely a blast. I've said this before. Mexican music is fun. Mexican food is outstanding. Mexican beer is great. Mexican women are dimes. The country itself is is just the tourist heaven. I mean, yeah, you might die in horrible cartel violence, but it's still a great place. And look, the Mexican accent is cool. And look, the reason the answer to your question, people are more used to it because we have more Mexicans here. We've seen how immigration levels have changed from different countries around uh, uh, over the years. And in 1940, 1950, 
the vast majority of immigrants to America, they were Germans. They were Germans and Italians and Irish. Uh, that all changed when they threw the borders open. And that has obviously hurt the Republican Party a lot. And frankly, it's hurt the country a lot. But the bo- they threw the borders open. And now the, the Mexicans are by a mile the largest immigrant population in America. Well, here in Texas, we see it a little differently. Because Mexicans and Texans have always been ingrained, even when they were killing each other. Mexican culture, it's part of Texas culture. It, ju- it just is. So it's never been as big of a deal here. Texas, our Mexicans vote Republican. It's, I think it's one of the only states in the United States of America where Mexican-Americans here, the majority of them vote Republican. It's just different here. I love this. I love this headline. This is from newsbusters.org. Debbie Downer's back. <laughs> Greta Thunberg. Thunberg, Chris? Thunberg? What am I asking you for? Complains about vaccine equity. No, I'm not going to read you any comments by Greta Thunberg. I will just say this. Communists are, are really, really, truly terrible people. And I mean that by saying this. This this young girl, this teenage girl, I don't know if she's still a teenager. I think she probably is. Oh, yeah, she's 18 now. They rolled that girl out across the globe. Her parents did forever to get crucified by the media to be in the public spotlight, to have people saying terrible things against her. Uh, and I think she has Asperger's or something like that. She has something mentally not all the way, I mean, all the wires aren't touching. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But So you took your daughter who has some special needs and you allowed her to go become a punching bag like that? Aren't communists sick? I mean, aren't communists sick? I love my two boys. I know I'm a bad dad, but I love my sons. I love them more than life itself. At the same time, I believe in what I talk about politically all the way. I believe it all the way. I would die for this country. Not in a million years would I turn one of my sons loose to let the public tear them limb from limb because of what I believe What kind of sick freak parent are these people? What, Chris? No, you're right. Chris is right. He said they don't care about people. He's right. It's just amazing. Even their own kids, they look at their own kids and say, yeah, totally worth it. Sacrifice that lamb for the cause. Gosh, these people are sick. Ooh, a health ministry? Recommending something maybe you and I should pay attention to. Hang on. Truth, attitude, Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on our final segment before Ask Dr. Jesse Friday begins. It is, right, Chris? This is our last segment of the show. Sometimes, I'll be honest, I don't like to look at the clock per se. I get so caught up in myself and how great I'm doing, what, Chris, that I forget about it. Final segment of the show before an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Gosh, tomorrow's going to be so fun. There are no guests. There's no nothing. It's just you and me tomorrow. Let's have fun. This is from Israel. This is from Heritz.com. I don't know if I said that right. I don't look things up. Health Ministry Experts Panel recommends third COVID shot for older Israelis. Now, obviously this is in Israel, but you're seeing the headlines here too. Pfizer, 
only 85% effective after six months. I saw the headline last night. Booster shots may be necessary. We may need booster shots. I'm not going to dwell on this because we've talked about this plenty. I'm simply going to ask you this. When are you going to start saying no? When are you going to stop trusting and start saying no? Do you really think it's still about coronavirus? Do you believe that? Hey, Jesse, just throwing my idea on top of the ones you've discussed on your show about why men don't act like men anymore. Women don't let them. My mom displayed feminist views when I was growing up. One way was to argue and contradict what my dad said in front of my brother and I. I ended up doing that too, but unlike her, I was able to see the damage it caused. I knew questioning his decisions wasn't my role, and it didn't affirm my husband's authority with my kids, and I struggled. Consequently, they talked back more to their dad, and let's just say we were all unhappy. I still slip up and contradict him in front of the kids now and then, but I am sure to apologize to him and explain to my kids that I wasn't respectful to dad. If I have an issue, I wait until we can talk in private. My kids are more respectful to him when I keep my mouth shut and let him be the ultimate authority figure even when I disagree. God made men and women different, and when you respect his role for life, it's all more sweet. Thank you for being the voice of the undesirables. But listen, the one, I'll agree with you on one major point there. One, have your arguments in private. And you can have huge arguments. It's not like you guys can't get behind. It's not like you have to get behind closed doors and you have to get on your knees and kiss his feet. Just have it privately, privately, never in front of the kids, always a unified front in front of the kids. And I say this as somebody, myself and the wife have both screwed this up and we've both regretted it every single time, always in private, never in front of the kids. That's one. Two, I will push back on this because I get people saying this to me. I mostly get men saying it about the women don't let them. As far as why men don't act like men anymore, women don't let them. No, that is a cop-out, guys. I get this from guys all the time. Uh, You don't understand. She would say that. You don't understand. She would nag. You don't understand. I don't care what she does. What are you going to do? Feminists hate me. You understand how much the feminist movement in America hates me? I had a friend joke to me the other day that if they had a top 10 list of people they want to die, that I would be number one, and I probably would be. Feminists hate me because of how I talk. I don't care. Here's the thing, fellas. When you say it's because of them or because she's going to say this or she's going to do that, what you're doing is you're already ceding leadership control again. You're just giving it away once again. Well, I'd love, Jesse, I'd love to be a leader, but if I do that, she's going to yell. Okay, let her yell. No, but she's going to nag. Ignore her. No, but she's going to nag a lot. Go get in your truck and go golfing. You don't have to let other people's emotions, you don't have to let other people's actions Govern how you act. You go lead. Trust me. She wants you to. You just heard it. I get emails like this all the time. Even if she says she doesn't, even if she thinks she doesn't, she wants you to. You'll both be happier. It's not about you. It's frankly about her. You want her to be happy or not? Don't make it happen. 
Jesse, I'm 70 years old. I love and miss Rush and always will. God rest his soul. I would just say this as a quick note, a side note from the email. One thing the communists do a lot better than us is they do uh, memorials better than we do. I always thought the right missed a huge opportunity, and I said this several times publicly, to organize a massive public memorial for Rush Limbaugh. Dude was leading a conservative movement for three decades. The the list of dignitaries you could get to come to something like that. Make it shoot, make it fun. Make it a big rally, make it a concert, make it whatever the case may be. But I, I have always thought that that was something we missed the boat on, and I think we missed that on Rush. But I don't know, maybe not. Since since his passing, your show is my replacement. Started listening for your first show on iHeart, and I agree with everything you say. However, iHeart shuts you down, at least here in WPB, so I can only hear the first hour, and then they put garbage on, and I tune it out. Why do they do that? Keep up the honest beatdown of the lemmings. It's refreshing to hear the truth. Listen, uh, if you if you don't get all of the Jesse Kelly show you want, if you are in a situation where something gets cut off or something like that, go to jessekellyshow.com. That's jessekellyshow.com. There's a place there for you to put in your zip code. Okay, so I know what you're saying. Jesse, what good does that do me? My zip code's the one that cuts it off. Put in someone else's. Put in uh, L.A. Go find out a different station to listen to somewhere else. All of these stations now, all of our great stations, they all have websites. And all of them, all of them, you can listen live right on the website. Or you can go to the iHeartRadio app and listen live right there. You can listen live on the iHeartRadio app or podcasted. Remember, every show is podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your emails in to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I might give out the phone number, but get your emails in. jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I promise we are going to have a blast tomorrow. No guests, no nothing, just you and me riffing and having fun. That's all.